Hello everybody and welcome back to Butters on Books. After a long hiatus, I'm going to be discussing some books that I've read. Um, I've hopefully still got food recommendations and I'm going to be uh, recommending some books and films, maybe some games, who knows? But I hope you're all well and I'm excited to be back. I hope you are all well and uh, staying safe in once again what appears to be quite uncertain times. Um, I don't know where you are listening from, but... In the UK at the moment, there is talk, there are rumours of a second lockdown um, imminently. So I don't know where you are and if that's a possibility for you, but I hope it's not. But if it is, hopefully we'll get through it as we did before together. Um, But going on to things that I've read. So again, I've had a little bit of hiatus. I have been, I mean, to be fair, I've been Dungeons and Dragons in a little bit, but I started playing The Witcher 3, which I think I might have mentioned in my last podcast. And it's taken up so much of my life. Um, but if you guys have ever played The Witcher 3, you know that the storytelling is so fantastic. So although I haven't been reading, I have sort of been reading, is my justification for having a long break. Uh, namely because uh, playing The Witcher 3. Um, also as well, I've gone back to work, like physically into work um, in kind of the fairly recent past. And it has been quite an adjustment to go back I've got a commute again um, and work itself has been quite hectic so I don't really get a proper break at the moment which just means that recording the podcast is difficult so um, apologies again for the hiatus Um, I feel like the last two uh, episodes have sort of been hiatus apologies but um, that's just the way life is sometimes. Um, but I have read um, four books now, um, which I actually read in the last week. I've been lucky enough um, to get some annual leave, which is great. I haven't had a week off since March, so it was really nice to have a full week. I went to stay in the middle of nowhere in, um, I mean, we'll call it a pod, but it's essentially a shed. Um, and it was wonderful. Um, and I actually got some some great reading done. I think something that made me kind of spiral a little bit into a reading slump was I was reading uh, one of the first books that I will um, discuss um, and basically it was just really, I mean, I really didn't enjoy it. Um, I've actually just re-rated it on Goodreads because I gave it a two and that is too high. Um, So the book that I read uh, first off um, on my week off this week was Unexplained um, by Richard McLaren uh, or McLean. Smith, McLean. Um, and it's based on the, the, the podcast. Um, well, I've never read or listened to, I should say, the podcast. So I kind of went into it thinking it was going to be a like true crime, unexplained unsolved mysteries, which I'm, I mean, all about in the sense that I enjoy watching programs about them, but I prefer that they weren't unsolved. So I'm all about those, but not in a callous, horrible way. Um, And then I read the blurb and it was more like unexplained events. And the blurb suggested to me that there was going to be like a little bit of aliens, but actually it's going to be mainly like supernatural, which again, super exciting about love, kind of unsolved mystery to do for maybe like people believing in ghosts or, you know, spirits, poltergeists, whatever. Um, It was, I I personally felt it was really badly written. Um, I felt like basically each chapter was structured, like it would start a philosophical debate and then there would be a really like, tenuous link to what the main mystery was and then the end would be a like another tenuous link to what the kind of main body of what we were talking about 
what was about so for example you might have them discussing like utilitarianism as a concept and talking about things like john stuart mill or like examples from psychological studies about it and then all of a sudden it'll be like and here's a story about a poltergeist and like and here's the conclusion which now he's going to look at a different philosophical theory about why we're all scared of the dark and you're like uh, what and it felt like he he he'd got the mystery and the bits about the mystery were really good and then he'd like just padded the book out so it was like three times longer than it needed to be um and the mysteries that he looked at there was like one that I found quite compelling and then all the other ones were just like it was mainly aliens and I just have no interest in that um so it's probably my own fault for not doing enough research on the book um but basically it was my pick for a book club so I felt like I had to read it but I ended up it's the first time I've ever done with this this with a book just to get it done I like skim read the kind of start and end to every chapter so I probably couldn't tell you what they were about um probably from about midway through the book because I just needed to get through it um and I started reading that around the time I did my last podcast and honestly I yeah I I would not recommend it I gave it one star it was so bad I mean to be fair I didn't pay a lot for it I think I spent a pound on it it was reduced in the works which if you don't know is kind of like a budget bookstore slash sells loads of other random stuff as well in the UK um yeah and it was only a pound so I hadn't lost like loads of money but it's now on my cart of books I'm getting rid of because it was just really bad and I really didn't enjoy it um so I would not recommend it then the second book I read uh definitely lifted my spirits as it was a five starer and it was Lords and Ladies by you guessed it Terry Pratchett as with all the things that pull me out of reading slumps um it was really good it was it's part of the witches series of the Terry Pratchett series if you want to know a little bit more about how Terry Pratchett's books are structured just listen to any of the previous episodes of this podcast because I've always read at least one um and basically it's I think it's book 14 in the series if you're reading it chronologically which I am um and it's a witch's book and you've got Nanny Og um Granny Weatherwax and Magrat and they are back from their previous adventure um which was Witches Abroad which I spoke about a couple of podcasts ago and basically it's a story of what perhaps has happened at home while they've been away and also we get to learn a lot more about granny weatherwax um so kind of I wouldn't say she's our main witch because i think they all get pretty good airtime in the book but kind of i guess the unofficial leader of the coven if you like um and you learn more about her and about like her past and there was like a ship in it which i kind of like had in my head but i never thought that they would meet um and i'm not going to spoil it just in case you haven't read it um but they're not normally in the same series so i was kind of like oh they would like get on like a house on fire and then it turns out that they actually were childhood sweethearts and i was like what um so it made me so excited i was like ah. and then they met up again and i was like oh my god this is great um and yeah it was like that was really fun and then magrat had has kind of like she's kind of the youngest witch and she had like this unofficial understanding with like the king of Lanaka um and called Veronese um and he they kind of like stop planning their wedding and like you kind of ship it but also like talk to each other because they're both like cripplingly shy um so that was great and then Nanny Og was on like top top form um she's just like this amazing old woman who 
sings filthy songs about hedgehogs and drinks loads of drink and eats loads and she's just kind of what I want to end up being when I'm an old woman um and she was on top form and also had a lot of airtime which is great um I definitely give it five stars I feel like the witches books were my least favorite but they just get better and better um and it's really frustrating because I don't think I have a least favorite anymore and I can't decide because they're all so good um but it's definitely um I think my favorite witches one so far it's either that or Witches Abroad. They were both pretty up there for me in terms of kind of quality. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend that one. I would say with this one, um, you will have had to read the previous Witches one for this. And I feel like it's going to be a common theme like throughout the rest of his books. Although I have just started reading Men at Arms, which is the next one in the City Watch series. And to be fair you probably don't need to have read the previous one he doesn't give you a warning in this one whereas the past two witches ones there were like disclaimers being like if you haven't read the previous ones you're you're not going to understand these and with this one it's like a hundred percent so you can't start on lords and ladies however if you want to start the witches ones um you can just read them kind of character driven ones rather than reading them chronologically like i am Um, as there are a lot of them um so yeah i would give it five stars and you should read lords and ladies because it's wonderful and actually just read all of terry pratchett's books because they're all wonderful i love them and then i did a thing where i basically decided that i was going to do a massive clear out of my books um and with some of them you know those books you're like well i want to read it but like i know that this is awful and people who like aren't obsessed with books probably won't get this but when you look at a book on your shelf and you're like I know this book is going to be perfectly readable but I will never pick it up again and I will just get rid of it um because I used to keep books like trophies like I have to keep it because I read it um but I'm no longer like that because I know for a fact that I won't have time to reread like all the books on my shelf so I just need to keep my favorite series um so I kind of went on that kind of drive with my horror books because with horror and thriller, I tend to buy a lot of the books in them on sale and I will buy like essentially like pulp fiction, like just things that it's almost like watching like a B horror movie, which I also love doing, but reading it in book form. So I've now read a couple of them um, that um, I I'm definitely going to give away, but I enjoyed them to varying degrees. Um, So the first one that I read was uh, Say Her Name by James Dawson. And it's basically a retelling, if you want to call it that, of the kind of Bloody Mary legend, where obviously you say it, I mean, in this case, you say it five times in front of a mirror with candles, and she will come, and in five days, you will die. Um, It definitely lent a new dynamic to it without ruining anything there was also uh actually really unsettling twist at the end I was like really shocked about and the reason why I was is throughout the book the story of it I thought was really good so it was based in a boarding school in the UK um there was this element where they'd done it on Halloween and she'd the kind of girl who'd got involved with it and her best mate had done it to impress a lad, which, you know, is relatable. Um, and then they kind of, you know, 
um, started to realise that something was wrong. But there seemed to be, it, it was like she was trying to show them something before she took them. Um, and there was this whole mystery that they had to unravel involving kind of affairs and madness. And, you know, you know there are probably some trigger warnings that, you know, if you're going to read it, look on Goodreads. Because there are some, you know, quite disturbing things that you find out. Um, and the ending was like... I mean, if they'd just left it without the twist, it would have been good. But the twist was like, oh, that is, that's creepy. That's good. However, the writing was, I mean, it was so cheesy. Like, there were some things that they did. And I, I read it and I was like, oh, how has this been published? And then there were other parts. Like, the actual physical story, if you strip it down, was really good. But there were just bits of language that they used and just, like, old... Like, I, the best way to explain it is if you've ever watched, like, a comedy show where people try to impersonate teenagers. It was like an adult was trying to impersonate how they thought a teenager would speak. And, like, it, you, I didn't believe the teenage voices. And there were certain points where I did, but, like, the majority of, like, their uh, casual dialogue, they just said things that I, no one says no one has ever said um and I think it was kind of written around the same time it's, it's fairly not old but it's oldish um so it was like when I was young and I was like well I, no one speaks that way <laughs> except if you are an adult mocking a teenager and the way that they speak so it kind of like ruined it all for me so I did only give it two stars which in like hindsight, I feel like it's harsh because I really liked the story. But like there were certain bits where like, you know, when you're reading something and you you like cringe and your your toes curl because you're like, that is, why have they done that? That is what happened. Like I was so like, oh God, oh, oh no, um, that my toes sort of curled. Um, so I'd say if you were like a, a big horror fan and you love a good kind of cheesy horror film it is a good read and like you will get addicted by the story like I couldn't put it down don't get me wrong um but be prepared for the cheese be prepared to cringe um you know it's it's yeah it's 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 a cheesy horror it's like a hammer house a horror film um but yeah I would give it two stars but even though I'm giving it two stars it's worth a read if you enjoy a good cheesy horror and then the last book that I've read so far is one called Nightfall by Jake Halpern and Peter. I, I panicked over the Peter because I've just read his last name and realised that the last name is going to be really hard. So it's Kuzjawinski. Kuzjawinski. That's what we're going to go with. Peter Kuzjawinski. There we go. That's it. Um, and basically, it's um, a book about um, a, like a fantasy island um, where... They have 14 years of daylight and they have 14 years of what they call the nightfall. And basically the idea is, is that they have to leave their houses in certain ways. They have to lay the tables. They have to leave everything in a certain way. Um, and then they leave the island for 14 years and then they come back when the daylight comes. Um, and there are a pair of twins. So you've got Merrin and you've got Karna. Um, and basically Karna is blind in the daylight years but as nightfall's been getting closer he's been able to see more and it turns out that in the darkness and the shadows he can see better um and then you've got marion who 
um, is kind of in in love with or has a crush on her brother's best friend. She's really loves life on the island. She loves climbing. She loves sailing, um, and she really doesn't want to go to the desert lands, which is where they go um, when night falls. Um, and she's really curious as to why they have to leave and why um, they do all these rituals before they leave the island. Um, and nobody seems to either want to tell her or be able to tell her. Um, anyway, her brother's best friend, who is called Line, um, he basically goes missing on the day that they are all meant to set sail. And so Marin and Kana go to find him and I feel like this isn't a spoiler because obviously there would be no story if they made it to the boats on time and they did not make it to the boats on time and it's how they all find things out about themselves that they didn't know how they all kind of survive the island and what happens when night falls um and I give this three stars I actually I mean readability wise I'd give it like four stars because it was so so easy to read I hadn't realized it was YA um it was totally my bad because it explicitly said on the back that it was YA um I mean at least three times and also yeah oh I've just looked yeah and also on the front so (laughs) that is entirely my bad um but basically it was just like, I thought it was really well written. I thought all the characters were good. I think I didn't give it higher than the three stars because oh, I think it's unfair because I was expecting more of it. But that's because, I mean, I did realise it was YA fairly early on. But even so, I did kind of, it was such a good storyline. I was like, oh God, this is great. And then obviously it's three kids on the island, so they're not going to make it a total gore fest. But I was expecting more confrontation, I guess. But it's more kind of sneaking and hiding and you know there are elements of confrontation but it's not as much as I was thinking there would be but also as well I think just some of the things that the characters do happen to further oh this is getting really stupid because obviously it's going to further the plot but it's almost like there is no logical reason for why they've done these things other than oh it makes sense in the next chapter because we needed them to be separated for this reason um if you know what I mean if you've ever read a book like that so there were just elements there where I was like oh why is this happening because the book is like a fairly like decent length I think it's like 346 pages and there were a couple of events that I felt if they had cut it would still be just as good a story but just not as long which is fine um but all in all I was totally gripped by it I did really enjoy it I did give it three stars and if you or you have like a you know 14 15 16 year old um who enjoys kind of fantasy horror without too many scares this one is is actually really good for that I think I've enjoyed it as a teenager um I liked it as well because there was a love interest and they they were kind of you know they liked each other um but there was no kind of I don't know like she was 14 and basically if she had gone to the desert lands um which I'm not saying she did or she didn't by the end of the book but if she had gone um she was like trying to picture him as her husband and she was like I just can't picture that yet like I'm too young and I was like yes yes you are too young yes yes well done and then like they don't really like have a kiss or anything like that they just kind of like really care about each other so they like hold hands when they're scared and you know she like comforts him and like strokes his hair when he's not feeling too good um because he basically like hurts himself quite early on and it means that he 
kind of is a bit feverish um and it's just really like sweet and endearing and i quite liked that because most teen fiction is like angst love ah oh. like i'm mainly thinking of twilight but even so that that is what teen fiction is normally like um and it wasn't like that it was really good um so yeah i would give it three stars i would recommend it um and check out nightfall oh oh the recommendations good wonderful so I have a couple of recommendations for you. So um, I have got a recommendation for TV uh, rather than film. I have a recommendation for um, a book. um, And I also have recommendations for uh, recipes, which I I still have, um, which is is always good to know. Um, However, um, we are we are we're running on 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 fumes now, I would say, uh, just because, yeah, I don't I don't have a lot left it's all good it's all good um but yeah so i um have a recommendation on tv i am so behind the curve here but if you have not got disney plus rent it for seven days on the free trial and watch the mandalorian um i as i said very late to the game on this one um i hadn't realized it's for kids so I was expecting a little more from it. But once I got over the fact that it, it wasn't for adults, I then really jumped two feet first. I'm currently saving the last two episodes for the weekend as a treat for myself. So yeah, it is really good, really fun. Um, Baby Yoda, out of context, I kind of felt that he was a bit like, overhyped i was like why is this happening why is everybody obsessed with baby yoda um but he's actually like a really big part of the series and he i mean i hate myself but he's really adorable i really liked him so if you are looking for something to get your teeth into watch um the mandalorian i'm also really excited because bly manor is coming out which is not necessarily a direct sequel to The Haunting of Hill House, but it's almost like another haunting that they've adapted. So um, whereas Hill House was from Shirley Jackson's Hill House, um, Bly Manor is based on um, Henry James's Turn of the Screw. Um, and they have obviously modernised it as they did before. And I am so excited for it. It is, it looks amazing. It's obviously coming out in October for Halloween. Um, and so... If you don't have Netflix, get the month's free trial in maybe November and then watch it because it's going to be great. Um, and then something else that's coming to Netflix that I'm really excited about is they've done an adaptation of Rebecca, but it's in their Halloween releases. So I take it they're going to lean into like the whole um, ghostly element of it, like the spectral element. Um, so that's going to be really exciting. So I would recommend um, getting Netflix for that purpose alone. So next on to my book recommendations and then food. Um, so I love Halloween. It's my favourite holiday. Um, my two favourite holidays are actually Halloween and Bonfire Night, which for those of you who don't live in the UK is on the 5th of November. Um, and it's where we just sell off a load of fireworks. I mean, for very good reason. Um, it's like celebrating um, somebody who tried to blow up Parliament and they didn't. Um, but mainly mainly we like it for the fireworks. Um and you know the the hot dogs that we eat and you know the schmalls um so 
yeah, they're my, my fa- two favourite holidays. So I thought my recommendation in this podcast, and rather ambitiously, maybe the next one where there won't be such a long hiatus, um, would be uh, like a spooky book. So um, I love gothic literature. And I love things that have callbacks to gothic literature. For example, I love The Woman in Black by Susan Hill. So she's a contemporary writer, but she writes in the gothic style, which is great. But I also just like gothic literature from the period. Um, well, there's like two waves of, well, there's many waves of gothic literature, but there were like two in the original waves of gothic literature. But one of my favourite gothic literature writers is M.R. James. So his most famous book is probably, or story I should say, is probably The Tractate Midoth um, or Casting the Runes. Um, but I absolutely love M.R. James. Um, I feel like they're spooky enough, but may leave you kind of guessing, but they're not like super scary if you don't like being scared. So I would really recommend picking up some M.R. James books, stories, um, David Suchet reads the uh, stories on Audible and they're really good. Um, And yeah, they're just the right amount of spooky if you want to dip your toe in for Halloween, but they're not overly spooky. Um, I probably will do some spookier recommendations in my next podcast, but this one I would say, M.R. James, get reading it for Halloween. The next thing... (laughs) is to recommend a recipe, which I do have, which is great. So I um, actually, when I when I went away to my shed for a little while, um, I got to see one of my friends hadn't seen in forever, um, which was great. Um, and she made me this amazing soup. Um, her name's Claire and Claire made me this most amazing soup in the world. So I was like, please give me the recipe. And it was a Mary Berry recipe. And yeah, I've made it myself now and it is delightful. So I have a lovely winter warming soup and it is very festive. It's lovely. So you start off. So I'm going to give you the actual measurements that they give you in the recipe. I did not have all of the elements and I will tell you them as I read them out. So the first ingredient is 1.5 kilograms of butternut squash. I did not have that much butternut squash. I had 500 grams. However, it's fine. You just adjust how much stock you put in, but you can put as much of the the other stuff in as you like. Um, You put one large onion, roughly chopped, two medium carrots, peeled and chopped, one red pepper, de-seeded and cut into cubes, and four tablespoons of olive oil, one tablespoon of clear honey, which is optional, a five centimetres slash two inch piece of fresh root ginger peeled and chopped. I put in ground ginger because I didn't have any root ginger. 1.5 litres or two and a half pints of vegetable stock. Put in 500 millilitres because I didn't have the right amount of butternut squash. Salt and freshly ground black pepper. So first of all, what you want to do is heat your oven to 200 degrees or 180 degrees fan or gas marks it if you have a gas oven. So you want to chop the squash and all of the veg into chunks. Uh, now it says here, put it in a reasonable freezer bag, but if you just put it in the roasting tin that you're going to roast it in, and then mix in half the olive oil, salt and pepper, and toss everything together until everything is evenly coated. That's fab. Then you tip it into, well, if you've used the freezer bag, you put it into the roasting tin, spread out to form a single layer and roast in the oven for about 40 to 45 minutes. Can do it longer. You want to make sure that it's kind of like done, kind of a bit tinged, tender, 
we had a brown. Um, you want to drizzle over some honey five minutes before the, the end of cooking. I certainly did and I think it was great, but you don't have to if you don't want to. Um, then what you want to do is, I did this in a essentially a Dutch oven, but you don't have to do it in a Dutch oven. But place a really deep-sided saucepan over a medium heat and add the remaining oil. And when it's hot, add the ginger and fry for a minute. Pour in the stock and bring to the boil, then stir the roasted vegetables and add salt and pepper. Now, what I did is I put in two teaspoons, because you shouldn't put in as much ground ginger as actual ginger, of ginger into the stock mix. And then I put I let that boil for a bit and then I put the veg in, which is, it, it tastes lovely. I would say put one teaspoon of ginger in because I put in too much ginger and it's a bit of spice. Um, but that is for my palate because I'm terrible with spice. You might enjoy two uh, teaspoons of ginger. Um, I also put a little dash of cinnamon in as well. Um, and the final step is just remove the saucepan from the heat and using a hand blender, mix the mixture until it's smooth, then return to the heat to warm through and serve with crusty bread. Um, and it's a really lovely warming winter soup. Um, and I would definitely recommend it as you can get quite a lot of veg um, within it. Um, and it's all seasonal, which is nice. Um, but also as well, it's lovely and warming and you can make, I mean, even with my 500 grams of butternut squash, I made so many portions. So it is delightful. And that's it for my podcast this week. Um, yay, we're finally back, which is great. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you are all really well and that you are staying safe. And I will hopefully be back with more recommendations really soon. Take care.